Who are you? What does it mean to be human? What is truth? Is your red the same as my red? Is free will truly free? What is morality? Join us as we explore these ideas and more in The Philosopher's Stone. Hello fellow alchemists and stoners, welcome to Philosopher's Stone, where we do a little bit of game chair philosophy. Here on Philosopher's Stone, our purpose is to spark synergistic conversations on a myriad of complex and complicated topics. So Darren, how you doing? Doing pretty good, it's been a good day so far. Been a pretty chill Friday compared to earlier this week, which I feel was a bit busier. How about you? So it's good. It's been pretty good, staying busy, you know, just trying to maintain some forward momentum, doing things, you know, kicking ass and taking names, all that kind of good stuff. You read anything interesting this week or over the winter? (laughs) (laughs) Over the few weeks that we haven't recorded? Trying to think. I, yeah, I started, I say started, started Thomas More's Utopia. Oh. I'm very interested to read, considering that, you know, we kind of have done a couple of episodes on ideal society and use that term a lot. However, that's where that term began. But one thing that I've found kind of funny and interesting is there's a couple of letters between Thomas More to a friend of his and then from his friend to another friend. And just the way in which they talk about Utopia is literally as if it's like an actual place that exists. Fascinating. Of like the this guy named Raphael Nocenso that told them the story about Utopia. <laughs> Hmm. and so like if there are any like missing details from it they're like i just can't remember what he said (laughs) (laughs) so So what you're so what you're so what you're saying is that after you finish taking a deep dive into this concept of utopia that we need to do another three-hour episode on the ideal society right i was thinking five actually five episodes or five hours hours oh well you know that could work as well (laughs) I kid, I kid. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so that's been funny and interesting to read. How about you, though? Anything interesting, significant, profound? Well, I have Whimsical. recently... The what? Whimsical. Oh, yes, that one. So I have recently completed Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within, which is very good stuff. A lot of good information in there highly recommend you know just anybody looking to read something it's got a lot of good stuff i don't know if i would necessarily 100 percent agree with everything but i think most of like kind of the meat of kind of what he talks about is seems it makes sense it it seems like it's it's some good stuff and i am currently working on his other book was it unlimited power i think is what it's called which ends in a lot of regards, it's like, I kind of wish I would have read Unlimited Power first because I think that book did come out first. And I think Awaken the Giant Within is kind of his more recent kind of evolution of his his ideas, I guess you could say. But I do also think that in reading Unlimited Power after Awaken the Giant Within, I think there's some some key things in Unlimited Power that kind of bring in a little bit of clarity to kind of what he talked some of the stuff he talked about in awaken the giant within so either way both of them are are very interesting books and 
you know, I highly recommend anybody looking to to read something, kind of pick him up and kind of see what see what he has to say. Cool, cool. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, it's I am actually really glad that we are back, episode nineteen. And we will dive in in a little bit, but before we do, just want to let you all of you know that we do have this episode and the next couple of episodes planned for this next Friday and then the Friday after. So those will be the three episodes for this month, at least as far as a tentative schedule goes right now. And I have updated the server to include all of the episodes that we have covered so far in our debates channel. So if you have any ideas, if you're listening to the the this podcast on the recordings and everything you're like you know i have something i'd like to say about that topic feel free to swing by the discord and you know drop your drop your comment drop your your ideas you know add value to the discussions and you know kind of like what you said darren a couple episodes like what we what we talk about in these these episodes are not all conclusive you know we're just kind of basically opening the doors to the that is due to the discussion if i can talk that'd be nice and so yeah and we'd like to invite all of you to to join in in these discussions and all of the kind of good stuff other than that though am i am i missing anything for i don't think so i think that's everything we got right now just keeping on through some fun topics i'm excited for our conversation today and for the next couple of weeks i think they're going to be very interesting so oh yeah same they're going to be very interesting topics well, without further ado then, let us dive into the physical versus the metaphysical. And as always, our full disclosure, to us, information is information, neither true nor false, right nor wrong, good nor bad, and our responses to these topics are merely our subjective perspectives of the assumed objective reality. We are not subject matter experts, and as such, we would like to invite all of you to join the discussion through the public discourse channel by adding any questions, comments, perspectives, and or experiences you might have in relation to the topic at hand. Now, without further ado, let us dive into the physical versus the metaphysical. So to start us off, do we have any definitions that we need to cover first before we take a deep dive into this? Going to be honest, no. No? Nope. Okay. Sweet. So now that we've got definitions out of the way. (laughs) I will be posting those in the, uh, oh, which channel is it? References? The references channel, yes. Of all the channels we got now. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I can get us started in the topic, since I don't have any definitions. Basically, this kind of came out... How long ago did I suggest this topic? Forever ago. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. But it's very, very interesting to me that... Like, of course, there is the physical world, right? The things around us, right? You know, the chair you might be sitting on, the desk that you're at, the coffee you may or may not be drinking, although for this episode, I think we may need some. Agreed. The the actual things within the world that exist, and like we can all point to those and be like, yes, that is a thing that exists. But in my opinion, there also exists a set of things that exist, but you can't necessarily point to. They're not physical. They are... As I say, metaphysical, right? So like you have the chair you're sitting in, but then you have the idea or the concept of a chair, Mm. which seems to exist as its own thing. 
And so kind of the goal of this conversation, the goal of this topic is to really try to clearly identify what the metaphysical is, if it actually exists or if it's merely held just within the mind. And kind of the, what would you say, the, like what that might mean as for you going about your day-to-day life. If it doesn't exist, that means there's nothing beyond the physical. But if it does, that means that there might be much larger things at play that you can't necessarily see or feel or touch or actually interact with. So yeah, that's kind of my goal for this discussion. Interesting. I think just to kind of piggyback off of that. I know everyone in the military does not, not like that phrase, but yeah, I think not just as, as far as the physical is concerned, I think this could also relate to the metaphysical is the physical, you know, like you said, are like the, the objects, the things that, that we can touch, that we can feel. But I think even, even more so, I think it's just, it's not just those things, but those things and how those things like act if that makes sense how they how they you know what they what they do you know if i if i throw a ball right that ball is going to travel in a specific direction based on you know all the laws of thermodynamics and gravity and all that other kind of good stuff right so it's not just the the like the physical world is not merely just the ball itself but it's also the ball as it's responding to its environment or the environment is is acting on the ball and so i think in in the same way, if we do discover that the that the metaphysical does exist, I think we can also extrapolate that maybe the metaphysical is much more than what is contained within that idea of metaphysical, if that makes sense. It's not just the, the things within the idea of metaphysical, but it's also how those things interact, I guess, for one, with each other. And then two, the other question is, do those things also interact with the the physical environment is there any sort of relationship between the physical and the metaphysical yeah yeah i think sorry go ahead well i was just saying i I think those are as we dive into this topic i think those are some things that we should kind of look into as as well you know what i'm saying yeah and i think just kind of jumping to the crux of this discussion where it's extremely relevant in my personal opinions like we have a set of values and a set of beliefs within our culture right let's say honesty for example we value honesty we value people that are honest or hard work we value people that are hard working and where this conversation is very very critical is is it important to be honest and hard working because of the physical things that it results in as in the metaphysical doesn't actually matter, but it's only the physical, the actual things around you that matter, and the metaphysical simply is the means by which you achieve the physical. Or if the metaphysical actually does exist and there are greater things within that realm, within that world, then if that is the case, the argument can be made that it's good to be honest in and of itself, not for the things that it results as an interaction with the people around you. Hmm. And so I I think that this discussion is going to be great because hopefully it will be able to lend us in one direction or the other as to the nature in which that operates. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Cool, cool. So then, so you talked about 
kind of belief in, in value, which I don't know if it's oddly or ironically or both. <laughs> oddly or ironically enough. That's those are a couple of, of aspects that Tony Robbins talks a lot about in, you know, his Awaken the Giant Within or Unlimited Power as as very key components in, in determining how we act, right? And so mm-hmm. I think there is an argument to be made that the way in which we exist within within our environment, the way in which we we interact with our environment does heavily depend on how we structure our beliefs and how we structure our values, how we structure our internal dialogue, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And so I guess in that instance, I guess you could say that there is some level of, of metaphysics at, at play. The question is, do you cons- would you consider like value and belief to be a part of metaphysics? And I guess, what all should we consider to be a part of metaphysics, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. At least for me personally, the concept of metaphysics is kind of my tentative definition, which I would love to hear your thoughts on this, is dealing with the mental, dealing with the mind. Again, going back to the idea of like, there are physical chairs that you can obviously sit in, but then there's also the mental idea of a chair and so you know beliefs and values i would say are part of the mind they are part of mental activity and they are the driving force of action and so yeah i would say that those are definitely metaphysical because those aren't tangible things we don't have like a (laughs) we don't have a physical thing of a value that we can actually touch and feel and interact with but we all do have things that we value and so that definitely deals within the mind and obviously is a very, very real thing. The question is, how real is that? I think not just, not just that, but, well, for one, if, if, you're, if you're strictly talking about metaphys- metaphysics in, in the sense of the, in relation to the mind, I guess first question is, what's the distinction then between metaphysics and psychology? And then two, maybe as more of not a little bit of clarification, would you consider anything like the like the soul or or spirit or you know anything like that to be considered a part of metaphysics, or would you consider metaphysics to be strictly again within the mind? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think. Sorry, what was your first question? The first question is based on your tentative definition of of metaphysics, what would be the difference between that and psychology? Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah, and this is a good question of and I mean we've done a lot of discussion on the subjective versus the objective world. Mm-hmm. I would say that psychology yes, you have like statistically this, that, and the other happens, but I think you do have certain laws by which the mind operates, but psychology, I do think, is a very subjective thing of the way in which you're wired and the way in which you work. However, I, th- in my personal opinion, and again, I would love to hear what you think about it and some arguments for and against it, but in my personal opinion, there is evidence that the metaphysical lies beyond the individual. One example is 
I watched a video on basically the origins of the imaginary number, root negative one, that it was first introduced as a means of solving the cubic. And so it was first, you know, a kind of tool to mathematically solve the cubic. It was invented by humanity, let's say, just as a lot of mental ideas are. But now with quantum physics and everything, they're the... I think it's Schrodinger's equation. I could be wrong. But the base like quantum equation is a wave function with a base of I. And so as the best way in which they can articulate like the foundation of our universe is with this imaginary number that was created to solve the cubic. And so the question is, was it created or was it discovered? And so I think that, yes, to some extent, we kind of take mental ideas and we kind of make them their own we make them personal but i do think that to some extent there and this is really where i don't know the line between metaphysics and simply psychology or what goes on within the mind but i do think that to some extent these ideas transcend the individual so and i'm just trying to get like at this point, I'm trying to get a little bit more just clarity and kind of what's kind of what we're discussing here. So I did like that you brought up kind of the subjective versus the objective, because I, I was kind of going to kind of bring that up as well. And the fact that, you know, I think a, a lot of us can agree that everything that we touch and see and feel and everything is kind of the objective world. But the way in which we experience those things are kind of our subjective, our subjective experiences of them. And so when when talking about the metaphysics, I guess you could say that, that, you know, value and belief, I guess you could say just those concepts themselves, or even like, I don't know if you call it like extrapolation, but I guess you can, you can say that, that those ideas in and of of themselves can be considered the, the, objective reality maybe within the world of metaphysics but then the actual characteristics of those beliefs and of those those values are subjective like in the in the way in which you arrange your values or what specifically you believe in would be the the subjective experience but belief in and of itself and values in and of themselves would be kind of more the the objective yeah i <laughs> kind of sort of because Hmm. I would say that those might be closer to faculties of our subjective metaphysical experience. And what I mean by that is we have faculties for our physical experience. We have our five senses and we have our human body, right? And so with this, we are able to see a chair or we're able to, you know, touch and smell and hear and taste and all of that, the physical world around us. And so... I think that similarly, we're engineered in a similar way, mentally or metaphysically, in that we have faculties for interacting within the world beyond the physical. And I think the, our, the very capacity to extrapolate and to, you know, look beyond individual things to see a pattern is one of those faculties. We're able to, again see a desk chair a bench a dinner like a dining chair a couch so on and so forth and we're able to extrapolate beyond that a chair as something to sit on 
Mm. Right. Yeah. And so we're able to kind of take all of these various different objects and we're able to look beyond the physical objects in and of themselves to get some sort of idea of a thing that fills that role. And so I would say that we have a variety of either mental or metaphysical faculties as well. Things like logic, things like yeah, extrapolation, inductive and deductive reasoning, belief. And, you know, knowing how to put value into something. I, I would say that's also metaphysical capacity. The fact that we're able to say one thing is worth more than the other. Because if you look at things purely physically, there is no difference in value. Things just happen physically, you know? Hmm. And so I would say that all of those are you know, mental faculties or metaphysical faculties that we are then able to have a subjective experience within the metaphysical world. But the question is, what's the basis of that world? Is the basis of that simply our own consciousness? So if everyone died, would the metaphysical die as well? Or does the metaphysical lie somewhere beyond humanity, beyond the individual, beyond your own consciousness? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I think... At least on the surface, I think the metaphysical seems to be very individualized, if that makes sense. Like, sure, we have very similar capacities to do things. Capacity to extrapolate information, capacity to, you know, look at a chair and and assign meaning to it and give that chair purpose. But let's take let's take maybe somebody who has never encountered a chair in their life and they grow up they've never seen a chair they don't they like they have never sat huh they have never sat (laughs) they have never sat except for the standing (laughs) cold hard floor (laughs) (laughs) but they they grow up and then they're presented with a a chair and so i think maybe in some regard this kind of ties back to our episode one episode two in that up until that point the chair the the concept of the chair was kind of in in that person's unknown unrelated to his known right his or her or whoever and so once that chair once he sees that chair then that that concept the concept of the chair has entered into his known and so he is forcefully subjected to this 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 unknown and so at which point he would have to do what again episode one episode two what i would consider inquisitive exploration now that the concept of the chair is within within his known now he has to inquisitively explore and figure out how to assign meaning to this object that's been placed before him at which point what guarantee do we have that that individual is going to assign the same meaning and give that object the same purpose and even give that object the same name as what we collectively know as a chair and as we collectively assign the purpose of a chair as a place to sit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is almost like uh, that scene from Ariel where like she gets a fork and like the bird tells her basically tells her to use it as a comb and they call it a doohickey or something like that. Yeah. 
which I think is an example of the exact concept that you're talking about. This thing that we all know, well, that's for food and that's for eating and that's not for your hair. (laughs) And it's called a fork that someone else might associate a completely different value to it as well as call it a completely different thing. Yeah, exactly. So, but by the same token, we all have the similar capacity of seeing something, assigning meaning and purpose to it, and also giving it a name. Like that does seem to be a common property among, and a common common capability among people. So at this point, I guess with this kind of analogy, how do we, is the entire, is that entire process a part of the metaphysical or is it like what what part in all of that becomes the metaphysical is it the moment that a person is subjected to that or whether subjected or dis- discovered that object or that thing or that you know imaginary number is it is it then our our ability to extrapolate from the physical into an idea or a a picture of the thing or you know however mm-hmm. like is that is that mental i don't know what what a what a good word is <laughs> mental grasping of of the 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 physical object the physical thing yeah is um, is it merely the process or is it also the ideas and everything else that comes along with it? Yeah, I guess the question is like what specifically where in all of that is can you point to it and be like this is metaphysical? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think based on what I was saying earlier, I think that all of those would be considered within the realm of the metaphysical. You know, one example is Like I mentioned earlier, we all have physical faculties. That doesn't mean that we're all equally capable of using those physical faculties, right? You know, the random guy who has never stepped into a gym in his life is not going to have the same physical capabilities as the bodybuilder. Yeah. And, you know, someone that hasn't ever stepped into a kitchen isn't going to have the same olfactory or like the same smell or tasting capabilities as a professional chef. And there might be different flavors and different foods that the professional chef is you know, familiar with operating with that the other person doesn't even know what that smells like, doesn't even know what that tastes like. But that doesn't mean that that smell and that taste doesn't exist or that that food doesn't exist or that you know, the physical body doesn't exist, but I would say that that means that different people are, yeah, have different capabilities within the physical and within the metaphysical. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I think the other thing here is that I do think that there are some ideas, just because someone doesn't understand an idea or attribute the same value to an idea doesn't mean that that idea in and of itself doesn't exist i think there are some ideas that there are ideas that supersede or ideas that exist outside of the individual and i think the how do i say the evidence for this is i think the kind of set of ideas that across every culture 
people have still come to, you know? The concept of dragons or... <laughs> yes, a, 100% existed. Or a flood <clears throat> story in just about a lot of different ancient religions. Yeah, well, not just that, but like the idea of what you put out is what you get. Are we talking about like karma? Or are we talking about like cause and effect? Are we talking about like... I think both of those are the same essential idea, but really kind of the core concept, I think, is that you exist within this complex system. And if you do something that damages that system, that system is going to be damaged and that's going to hurt you eventually. Or you do something that benefits the system, then the system benefits. And ideally, you being in that system will be a better system to be in. And I think that that idea is cross-cultural. You have the concept of karma. You also have, I think you mentioned in the Wicca philosophy, the threefold rule. Mm-hmm. There's that concept within Christianity of, you know, you reap what you sow. Doing to um, others as you would have others doing to you. Yeah. And so this is a concept that is cross-cultural, but I think exists outside of the realm of the human mind. And so this is really kind of where it gets difficult is like, is that, is the metaphysical merely a byproduct of the physical or yeah, like how, how does that order work? Well, I think the, another question is, is the metaphysical basically a self-fulfilled prophecy? How do you mean? So like, if I, if I believe in like, you know, the, the threefold rule or like karma, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I, I do something bad to somebody, right? If I truly believe in that, what's to say that my next experience, I'm not going to subjectively interpret as being a, a negative reflection on me based on past actions if that makes sense yeah like oh i just lost my train of thought (laughs) well it's kind of like you know you you buy a new car and then all of a sudden you start seeing that car all over the road Mm -hmm. of like you know when you begin to believe something all of a sudden you begin seeing it everywhere even though it might not necessarily have been everywhere previously but kind of highlights that experience out of the you know set of data that you take in yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and like you said, kind of like the, you know, the the discovery of the imaginary number and then imaginary number being based on Schrodinger's equation, which, you know, obviously that has to do with a lot of mathematics and a lot of the physical things way beyond us two game chair philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> way beyond. <laughs> but I think at the same, at the same token, it's like how... Like, is it is it possible to argue that the imaginary number basically is a self-fulfilled prophecy? Yeah, it was a tool that we created, and then in an attempt to see the world, we used the tools that we had, which were the tools that we created. So yes, of course it's going to appear. Yeah, exactly. So like, so how does that relate? Or, first of all, is is that, is self, or I guess, I guess one, how do you distinguish between what's truly metaphysical and what's self-fulfilled prophecy, uh, I guess, yeah, that's the only question. I don't know. <laughs> the only question. Or is self-fulfilled prophecy metaphysical? Yeah. yeah. I guess, how, how do you objectively 
Yeah, because what is like, objective in this situation, not merely <laughs> projection of your own subjective perspective. Projection of your shadow. <laughs> but like I guess to kind of further my point, and I'll say this real quick and then I'll I'll let you talk. <laughs> yeah. But kind of back when we were talking about the Hermeticism versus Stoicism, which I think was episode three. Kind of the basis of that argument was that based on hermetic philosophy, pain and pleasure must be must exist in equal and direct proportion, right? Mm-hmm. However, I think I kind of mentioned something like this in my response to the discussion based on Tony Robbins kind of, you know, his philosophy. Like, sure, there can be, you know, pain and pleasure can be, can exist in direct proportion to each other, objectively speaking. However, because of our subjective, our subjective natures, again, based on, on Tony Robbins' philosophy, we have the power to change how we perceive the world around us. And therefore, we have the power to perceive to perceive more pleasure than pain and vice versa, we can perceive more pain than pleasure. And so going back to kind of, you know, self-fulfilled prophecy being like, you know, believing in karma and stuff like that, you know, what's to say that when we do some negative, some, again, some sort of negative action, like because we're in that belief, we're in a state that's set up to perceive pain over pleasure, if that makes sense. And so, and then how does that, is that entire process, like, metaphysical or, like, yeah. I, I, I feel like I took a long way to make the same point. <laughs> no, you're, you're totally fine. That's a great question. I mean, one, my initial thought was, like, the simple fact that it is something cross-cultural. The simple fact that there is a collection of ideas that all humans out of every context, whether they've heard about this idea or not, seem to come to these conclusions. All rational humans, all humans that take a step back and really closely look at life. I think that is some evidence that these are not merely self-fulfilling prophecies, but they are actually things that people have taken a lot of time to understand, and that because of that, they are a part of our world and not just something that we have conjured up. So I think that's one bit of evidence. But, I mean, then you could make an evolutionary argument that, like, that's literally just the way in which the neurons are crossed together. Well, I think... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I think that that, like, yeah, we've... We know the placebo effect is a very, very powerful effect, and that is entirely accurate. And that, yes, like... Is an amazing thing in my mind the way our brains work of like that we are able to highlight aspects of our experience. One example of this is when playing chess, right? I like playing chess, but whenever I've been playing kind of consistently for a while and haven't stopped for a bit, it gets to the point where I look at any piece on the board and my brain automatically picks out everywhere that piece can move. Hmm. And same with all of the other pieces. And so my brain is literally able to highlight off of the board the information that is relevant for the pieces that I 
am looking at so that I can take in that information, evaluate it, and so on and so forth. But I think, yeah, the simple fact that even with that, that modern scientists and ancient philosophers alike have kind of come to certain conclusions says that regardless of the how deep within a certain philosophy you get, at some point you come against something that lies beyond the five senses that even your own projected mental conceptions cannot overcome unless mm. you deny the world around you fully. So does that answer your question? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But I think also just taking into the simple fact of like, yeah, with the, you know, my example of self-fulfilled prophecy, the fundamental aspect of that was belief. Belief in, you know, karma and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, which I'm not denying or anything. I'm just like, I'm not making an argument for or against. I'm just, again, using that as, as an example or like for argument's sake. But I think again, in and of itself, belief itself and value, I think you could say are are definitely part of the metaphysical and even just extrapolation of the physical into a mental realm, mm -hmm. I think is also, you know, part of part of the metaphysical. I think, I kind of wish I knew a, little, a lot more about this this topic that I'm about to go into because I think it would be very interesting to tie into to this discussion, but I learn in my world religions class that and i don't know how true this is i haven't done my own research so this is just basically going off of hearsay <laughs> but that plato believed that kind of like what you're talking about with the chair you know the you have the concept of the chair and then you have the physical chair and plato believed that the concept of the physical chair actually comes from a different realm and that in conjuring that concept, you're grabbing that concept from that other realm and bringing it into your mind. And his argument was that that other realm is more real than the physical world that we live in. And so, again, I don't know like how true that is, but I do think that that is a... If that is true, and if that argument is, is there, for one, I think it'd be really interesting to learn more about it, especially in regards to this topic. And then two, yeah, I think that other realm would make a strong, if that other, I guess, quote unquote, realm exists, I think that other realm can make a strong case for the metaphysical and kind of what we're, what we're discussing. Yeah, yeah. And a quick side note, I think we are probably going to need at least a part two, maybe a part three to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> three hour discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we probably could because we haven't even, which you and I have talked about originally, Weber. I started incorporating the concept of metaphysical into my vernacular. <laughs> Sometimes I use big words that I can sound a little photosynthesis. <laughs> Basically, whenever I started incorporating this word into my vernacular, it, for me, was solely mental. It was really just dealing with the mental world. Bro, so mental. <laughs> but as you and I have discussed, like, I brought up one day to you the physical, or sorry, the spiritual world in juxtaposition to the mental world, and what is the difference between that? And we haven't even 
dove into that topic or whether the metaphysical would be both or just one, so on and so forth. So we have a lot more content to delve into on this, but Plato's idea that basically, yeah, basically whenever you conceive of something, you're pulling from another world and that that world is much more real than this one, I think, because hermetic philosophy, of course, we've mentioned that in a previous episode, they believe in the three great planes of existence, the physical, mental, and the spiritual, and that the there is a hierarchy to those planes, the spiritual at the top, the mental in the middle, and the physical at the bottom, and the higher planes govern the lower ones. And I think that one kind of argument for all of these ideas that is worth considering is, because for a while I was trying to understand, I was like, well, I can't just will something to happen and it happens, right? I can't just will that I start floating and, you know, the laws of physics breaks and I start floating. So how the heck does the mental govern over the physical? And I think one argument for that is the simple fact that if you, I've heard it said that there are two creations, the mental creation, the physical creation. And if you formulate an idea within your head, you are then able to work within the physical to make the mental happen. Hmm. And we have examples of that literally all around us from the computers that we use on a day-to-day basis. The simple fact that, like, whenever you consider what we just take for granted in the modern day, the simple fact that these are things that we actually interact with, that there's a device that you simply tap on a few times and you get just about any piece of information that you want. Think about that for a second. Hmm. If you went back, you know, a thousand years ago and told them this, they would consider it magic. Yeah. And the simple fact that we have like several ton chunks of metal that are flying through our sky, like it's nothing. (laughs) Oh, that we have chunks of metal exploring Mars right now. (laughs) Yeah. We've had had people on the moon. (laughs) Yeah. We have people in space. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think this is a way in which the metaphysical or the mental is more real than the physical is the simple fact that a concept within the mind is capable of working within the physical such that it becomes real. Yeah. And so, sorry, go ahead. No, I'll let you finish. I was going to say, and so like, yeah, I think that that argument, at least in my mind, is very, very sound. I don't know about, because whatever you described it, it was very much kind of a mystical thing of you pull it out of this other plane. I don't know about that exactly, and I think that's something we can discuss further, but I do think that what goes on within your head is going to govern what goes on in the world around you. And so in that sense, I think you can say that the metaphysical is more real than the physical. Yeah. And I think just kind of another, I kind of like to bring this up in this discussion, in this discussion, because I think it's probably going to come up a couple more times in our next couple of discussions, but there I think Darren, you and I have, have talked. There was a, I don't, I don't think it was like any sort of scientific article, but supposedly there is a dude who had pedophilic tendencies and, you know, he was tried and convicted 
and somehow they did like a brain scan on him and realized there was a tumor in his brain. And when they removed the tumor, he no longer had those those tendencies. But then eventually he regained those tendencies when they scanned his brain again, the cancer came back. And so, you know, I think from a purely kind of scientific and, and objective from physically objective standpoint that the the brain cancer caused the you know the mental the mental state the mental situation mm-hmm. however i don't know if there's a way to prove either that or his mental state producing the cancer as a byproduct yeah yeah and i it's think like a correlation but how do you argue causation on that Exactly. Which, you know, it seems like very simple. You have two, you have, you have the action and then you have the cancer, the thing. And so it, like on the surface, it seems very simple, but like, I think when you kind of really like think about it in terms of the metaphysical and the physical, like, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg, which came first, the tendency or the, the cancer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think, and I think that, and I'm also assuming that I recalled the the situation accurately, but if I did, I think that also does make a a strong case in, or especially if it was the 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 mental state that produced the cancer, would make a very strong argument for metaphysical affecting the physical in a very real sense. Yeah, and I think in that same conversation that we talked about that, I'm pretty sure. Also, the study that I've heard, which I need to find at some point, because I've heard it, I need to actually do some digging and find it, that they had two plants that they put in different rooms, like kept the control conditions the exact same. I'm sure they did it for a series of plants and not just two plants, but every day they would come into one set of plants and like say very nice and encouraging things to them and say words... (laughs) That you argue is just wiggly air <laughs> to these plants, but they were encouraging words. And then they went to the other set of plants and they would like cuss these plants out and like discourage them and everything. Again, just wiggly air. And what they found was one set of plants grew much better than the other set. Mm. And so, like, hearing something like that, it's like. <laughs> Like, if it's just wiggly air, how does that result in that kind of a state if there isn't something beyond the physical that is happening that probably manifests itself in some way in the physical? They might find that the air vibrations in one were basically frequencies and constructive and destructive frequencies, and that's why one worked and the other one didn't might be something like that and so it would manifest itself physically but that doesn't necessitate that there isn't something metaphysically going on that we can't pick up with physical instruments i guess the other question is like what language did they speak did they like what did they speak french when they were talking nice to the plants and then german when they were angry at them or like Oh, that would be a very interesting study. Which language <laughs> is most constructive? <laughs> what is the most positive language on the face of the planet? Oh, man. 
Bro, you're speaking Greek to me, and I'm getting so anti-me vibes right now. <laughs> Greek would actually be pretty positive. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Latin, on the other that. hand, I don't know. <laughs> oh, what? Latin, on the other hand, I don't know. Uh, Latin is just... <laughs> that's Latin. <laughs> that's a dead language, so I probably didn't do anybody any good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That would be a very interesting study to do, though. Uh, that would be interesting. But is there anything else we should? I, huh? I think that that's good for this discussion. Like I said, <laughs> I feel like we have many more hours of discussion to do on this one topic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can. So I, I foresee many more games of Rocket League in my future. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but I, I can see a couple more episodes coming out on the same topic and just exploring it further. And then hopefully diving into what is spirit if if we can get there yeah plot twist this entire month we're talking about the physical and metaphysical <laughs> we told you guys we have the next couple episodes planned <laughs> yeah obviously post it up in the events channel <laughs> all right well thank you for all of you listening to this episode first episode of the new year so you know got a, some good stuff some good conversation and I have posted the the topic in the debates channel. So, so again, feel free to drop by and drop your thoughts, your ideas, all of the kind of good stuff so we can continue this conversation, really discover more about, you know, the physical, metaphysical, all that other kind of good stuff. And again, thank all those listening to this episode live and those listening to the recordings. We really thoroughly, deeply appreciate all of you. And we hope, again, that you guys have, have had a phenomenal start to this new year. And anything, any thought provokers? Any? I think just, yeah, like when you're going about your day-to-day, try and pay attention to the things that you assume that mm-hmm. aren't merely physical. Try and like begin to pierce that veil of the tube, because I think as you dig into it, it's very, very difficult to actually cut that line. Yeah, yeah, I like it. All right, and just to give all of you a heads up, our next topic will be libertarian free will and existentialism. That is going to be a very exciting... Determinism? No, existentialism. Okay, existentialism. I'm wrong. Darren, we talked about this. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, well, again, thank you everybody for, for tuning in. And as always, think critically and live fully, and we will see all of you beautiful philosophers, alchemists, and stoners in our next episode. Have a good week, guys.